0: This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, today's service is, is one that, it, that is very important for us to just, just take a minute and just kind of set a context for. So, I, I want to set that context by talking about self-driving cars. I realize to a lot of you right now it makes no sense, but it will make sense in a minute. So I was reading about self-driving cars, you know, this next thing. And one of the big challenges is roadmaps. Because there's no way to chart every single path that's possibly out there. So what is Google trying to do? What, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, to get cars as they drive to have little cameras in them that photograph the roads. That all gets fed up to some monster thing way up in some cloud thing with some tech thing. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? You know, and and, and that all becomes like these roadmaps. So literally it's not Google doing it, it's you and I. And I love that because that's why we have guest speakers. Because they've traveled roads that not all of us have traveled. I know, big surprise, I never played pro football. (laughs) But when you start to hear other people's stories, it, it can build your understanding about the common humanity, the oneness that we all share. And then what we get to wake up to is this. We start waking up to this. And we have you say the T word together, together. Waking up to who we are. Together. And with that I give you Stephen Johnson.
1: Can you guys hear me? Am I good? All right, cool. Um, First of all, I want to thank you guys for having me. Um, This is a unique experience. I love doing these things. Um, I love sharing my story about how God has brought me um, where I am today. Um, Last time I did this, I was actually at the Super Bowl with Tony Dungy. Um, They gave me five minutes um, (laughs) to share my story. Um, So I was on there moving pretty fast. Um, But today I got a little bit of time, so I'm gonna kinda ease back and just relax and share my life with you guys. Um, First and foremost, um, I'm just a normal guy. Um, A lot of people, you know, look at me if they don't necessarily know me. Um, I'm from this area. I'm from uh, Media, Pennsylvania, which is about 30 minutes from here. Um, And I grew up into a pretty loving family. Um, My grandmother and my grandfather um, instilled, I want to say, Christianity, um, which I thought was a religion, and and which which it is. Um, At a very young age, um, I didn't necessarily know who God was, but I was a little kid who wanted to be good in football, and I believed that God could do that for me. Um, And my grandfather was somebody who told me that that could happen. So he goes, hey, you got to do this, you know, trust in God and it's going to happen. I'm like, "Okay, where is God? (laughs) Um, And this is at a very young age. So so don't make fun of me. You know, I'm (laughs) I'm I'm growing up and and I'm learning. And And I did get baptized at a very young age, but I only got baptized because one of my friends did it. Um, and to tell you the truth, after I got baptized, I was always one of the best football players on my team. <laughs> so I quickly made that correlation that God and football run hand in hand. God must love football. God must love me because I'm good at football. And I love him because I can play football. Um, it, 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 all, it, it all correlated together. But um Growing up, uh, things began to change, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, I experienced a divorce in my family. Um, my mother and my father, or my father was no longer in my immediate household. And I began to, I want to say, get depressed. Um, and if you look at me today, you would always say like, man, a guy like you probably had it all your whole life, or you probably had to go through a couple of struggles, but and all in all, you know, you were always the, the tough guy, the strong guy, and, you know, the fast guy, the guy who everybody picked first. And that wasn't the case at all. Um, you know, the NFL combine is going on right now. And sometimes I, I like to watch, but sometimes I don't because you see these physical specimens. and You know, these guys, I don't know if you guys follow the combine at all, but when you run a 40-yard dash, a 4-2 is like insane, any you guys ever seen The Incredibles? You know, the, the cartoon, you know, little kids run across the water. He's like little Jesus. You know what I mean? Um, but a 4 2 and, you know, benching 225 pounds, you know, 500 times, and, you know, putting up all these crazy numbers. And for me, I was never a guy who could do that. I just knew how to play football and love God. That was it. You know what I mean? So, I'll fast forward back, but I'm, I'm gonna go back to my childhood. Um, so I was never a kid who was you know, the first guy I picked. Um, to be honest, in high, in middle school and in high school, because my father had had left my immediate household and he was no longer there to push me, and when I mean push me, he was kind of militant with it. Um, after I would eat, he would say 25 push-ups and I'm on a full belly, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? And every time I second-guessed him, he would add five more, so I just had to go down and do them. Um, And to this day, I still remember doing those push-ups, but those push-ups strengthened me at a time when I didn't necessarily know what it meant. Um, So when I was talking about middle school and high school, I was a kid who was teased. I was picked on. um, I was kind of forced to do stuff I didn't want to do. I wanted to fit in, um, but it never sat well with me. It never sat well with my with my soul, with my heart. Um, you know, in high school, a lot of kids want to do things like go out and party, um, go out and drink alcohol or smoke marijuana. And I'm just going to be real with you guys today because I'm always real with the people that I talk to. Um, it's the best way to communicate. I've listened to people talk and, you know, they, they talk about how everything was great. And, You know, how everything is an exclamation point, and I dotted my T's perfectly, and I dotted my I's perfectly, but it's not like that in life. Um, Especially being a Christian, um, you get knocked down frequently. Um, It's all about the journey. It's all about the walk. I'm pretty sure you guys know who Joel Embiid is, Um, plays for the Sixers. I went to school with him. Um, He's been through a lot, and now he just calls it processing. You know, and I was I was a Sixers fan growing up back when the, in the Allen Iverson days. And I was just like, wow, like Joel Embiid is actually bringing the city back together by this whole oh, we're just processing. And it's just all about the journey. So back to my journey, you know, has been teased in high school and college. I've only I only started one year in high school, believe it or not. And that was my senior year uh, when I was a freshman. All my best friends were on JV and varsity, but I was on the freshman team. Um, when I was a sophomore and junior, I was on JV and all my friends were playing varsity. And it was to the point to where I would get depressed. Um, I would come home crying to my mom. My mom would ask me what was wrong. And I'd be like, I just want to play. I just want to play. I knew in my heart that I was good. Because I've seen myself be good before. But nobody around me knew that. Now, to tell you the truth, I made a decision. And this decision was kind of funny. Um, So I'm going to just paint the scenario for you. So we're all sitting around this table uh, one day after uh, workouts. I believe we had uh, track workouts. Uh, We're playing cards. It's me and a couple of my friends, and it was about two girls. So we're sitting there, and I don't know how the conversation came up, but these girls just started talking about the type of guy they wanted to marry or be with for the rest of their life, right? So I had a couple of good friends who were pretty good looking dudes, you know, bigger than me, you know, I'm kind of like a chubby kid, you know, making my way. Um, And this girl goes, man, I just want to be with a guy like that, like that, like that. And she sees me. And I'm like, okay, well, what is she going to say? Now, meanwhile, when you're a teenager, this stuff hits home. This is like, you you know, this stuff like hits to the core. And she goes, ah, And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. Well, why am I not adequate enough? Why am I not good enough? Um, And to tell you the truth, over that span when I was in high school, I had lost God a little bit. I still knew who God was, but because my my family broke up, I was like, why is God doing this to us? So I began to rebel a little bit. I got angry. I, I tried to find my own way. And until that girl skipped over me, that one little skip, I remember that to this day, it, it, it lit a switch in my, in my soul. And I was like, something's got to change. I can't, I can't do this. I know I'm better than this. I began to get angry at God, and I was just trying to find my way. That summer, I began to work out, you know, uh, drink protein, doing everything I could as a person trying to figure it out on my own. Um, I had got invited to a Bible study by one of my good friends. His name is Jeff Noko. Um, and I always tell this story. Um, I, uh, I went to this Bible study. It was Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Every, every Wednesday. I went the first time. I sat there and I said, cool. Next Wednesday, I said, Jeff, we're going to Bible study. He said, oh, I can't make it this week. So I went by myself. The following week, I continued to go by myself. Jeff will come sometimes, but I continue to go by myself. I had a pastor there tell me God is going to reward you for your faithfulness. I said my faithfulness. This was just me trying to get back into the realm of being close to God. This is when I figured out that Christianity wasn't really a religion. It was a relationship. Um, Now, if I can paint this picture, I believe that way back in the day in Israel, you know, when Jesus was carrying his cross and Jesus was a loving person, Jesus wanted nothing but to share the gospel, correct? I mean, everybody agree with that. Um, he did it in a loving way. He told you the truth. And that got him killed. Literally got him killed. People believed in Caesar. People believed in the dollar. People believed in uh, whatever they wanted to believe in, but they did not want to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, was the chosen one who came back and to die for them and to show them, you know, the living gospel. Um, so religion... I want to say morals is what got him killed. Everybody wants to believe in Jesus, right? Everybody thinks going to church will save them. Oh, we got to go to church every Sunday. Oh, we got to do this. That's great. but. The personal relationship, the reading of your Bible, the little things, the small little things. I remember when I was a little kid, I used to pray and cry. And to this day, I pray like that little kid. And, and, and I, I, I urge everybody in this room, whether you're four years old, 40 or 80 years old, to always have that little kid inside of you that just longs for a father. And I think that's for, for me, that is what propelled me to be the person I am today. I'm still that little kid who is just like, Daddy, I need you. And there was a certain time in my life where I didn't always have a father. Yes, my father was there. I love my dad. He's still here today. But it was a certain time in my life where I needed more. And Jesus was that for me. So I kept going to those Bible studies. And those Bible studies worked out well. Now, I'll tell you the truth. I was, uh, I want to say, I don't know, let's say I was about five, eight. 180 pounds, and for some reason, I started to going, going to church, and over summer, I grew about three inches and gained about 20 pounds and got faster. Like, it was just crazy. It, it all happened at one time, and I was like, wow, this is perfect timing, right? I had never started, never started a varsity game in my life up to this point. This is 2005. Everybody's like, man, like, okay, so I'm just going to admit this now because it almost came out. My uh, hometown nickname is Pookie everybody 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 calls me pookie so everybody's like oh pookie like you're a captain i'm a captain now like how did how did i become a captain you know i was on jv and now i'm a captain i'm like okay well it's working out so then at the end of my senior year i just so happened to lead the state of pennsylvania in tackles i just so happened to be all state i just so happened to be all delco i was like man like this is crazy like how did this happen and now when I think about it, I just want to say, man, like God really intervened in my life when I needed him to. Um, wow, you know what I mean? Didn't have any colleges looking at me at all because I only started one year. They were like, well, where'd this kid come from? He did pretty well, but uh, okay, well, we think he can play at Westchester or Millersville, maybe Bloomsburg. You know, he's not really a Division One type of athlete. I don't know if he's athletic enough, fast enough, strong enough, the whole nine yards. So I said, you know what? I don't really care what you say about me. Um, So, I'm gonna go to a prep school. So I went to a prep school up in Worlsbury, Pennsylvania. It was named Wyoming Seminary. In the middle of nowhere, I was in prep school with all boys, uh, an all boys dorm, and I continued to, to strive towards my goals. I was doing really well, and in the fifth game, I just blew out my whole knee. If I had some shorts on, I would show you, but I have a scar running down my knee. I tore my ACL and I tore my LCL. So at this point in my life, I'm pretty sure you would think I'm pretty angry, correct? (laughs) Um, Super angry, super depressed, did not know where to turn. I had college offers. I had a scholarship from the University of Kansas. I had a scholarship from Georgia Tech University. Schools were inquiring about me. It was like the best time of my life, and it just went straight to the bottom. Um, I began to, once again, get out of shape. Um, I knew I wanted to play football, but it was tough because I was having everybody tell me that they don't know if I'll be able to come back. From such an injury, um, it got to the point to where my uh, prep school coach was telling scouts and coaches that I did not want to play football anymore just because I wasn't showing up in the weight room. And I was just like, God, like, why is this happening? You know, I couldn't, I couldn't run. I was, I was on bed rest. Um, I wish there was a picture of my knee behind me, um, but that's okay. But it was a rough time. It was definitely a rough time in my life. Um, And I got very desperate. My grandmother told me to sleep with the Bible on my knee. Um, So I turned to my my favorite verse, which is Psalms 18. The Lord is my rock, my strength, my strong tower. Uh, I I turned that verse and I slept with the Bible on my knee. I did not know what that meant, but I obeyed my grandmother because my grandmother is who I was with when I got baptized when I was little, when I was good at football. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So I I, I trusted in her and and I believed in her, so I did it. So all the colleges fell off the map, all of them. I I no longer had nowhere to go to school. Um, So it came down to me being very desperate, and I I had a letter. I sat on my computer in bed, and I wrote this long letter to the University of Kansas. Now, everybody knows the Jayhawks, right? Basketball school, nobody knows about the football team. (laughs) Um, So I wrote this long letter to the University of Kansas, and I pretty much begged them, I pleaded them, um, to be able to, to come to school there, and to play football. Um, I didn't hear any answers for maybe a week. A week later, I got a reply. You know, an on-campus recruit, a recruiting coordinator said, Stephen, like, man, where are you going to school? Have you found anywhere yet? Meanwhile, I don't know if you guys understand the recruiting process. When your friends are going to schools and you don't have anywhere to go, it really is not a good feeling. It, it really is not a good feeling. I mean, this is like, a breaking point in your life. This is where some kids really turn for the worst. They go and find things that make them feel better, such as drugs and alcohol, or I'm gonna where I'm from, go on the streets and and do things that aren't gonna benefit me in my life. Um, for me, I chose to stay faithful, and by that little decision of me choosing to stay faithful, that on-campus recruiting coordinator said, "Hey, we want you to come to Kansas and walk on." I said, "Wow, Kansas." Uh, I didn't know anything about Kansas. Uh, when I got there, I was looking for the yellow brick road. I did not see it. <laughs> um, but Kansas, I said, okay. Now Kansas, meanwhile, is a Division One school. So they play the Oklahomas, the Nebraskas, the Colorados, the Oklahoma States, the Texases. We beat Texas this year, by the way. Um, you know, they play big schools. And this was the only school in America that want me and that knew who Steven Johnson was. I said, wow, like, that's kind of funny. How did that happen? I mean, there are schools back in Pennsylvania who don't even want to talk to me the Millersvilles, the Westchesters, the Bloomsburgs, the East Stroudsburgs, Harrisburgs, all the Bergs. I mean, there's a lot of Bergs <laughs> in Pennsylvania. I couldn't get not one Berg. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, I'm looking at this. I'm like, Kansas. Wow. Like, all right. It's my only opportunity. Once again, I believe God intervened in my life um, when I needed him to when I was at my last, when it was time for something to happen. He said, OK, whew, there you go. Uh, check that out. Um, so I went to the University of Kansas. Um, and when I got there, it was funny. I told him that I couldn't play. Because my doctor said that I should sit out. So I sat out and I watched all my friends to this day. They won an uh, an Orange Bowl and they were very successful. Um, And I joined the team. Uh, Worst time of my life. My football career, I actually thought about quitting because it was so hard. The workouts were so brutal. Uh, People cursing at me, yelling at me. I'm I'm tired. I can't breathe. I want to throw up. I'm just like, I don't know if I'm made for this. Uh, But you know those push-ups that I told you about? with my dad when I was younger, and he used to make me do them, and I didn't want to do them. That, that is what got me through those times. Um, so continuing on, uh, I ended up starting two years at the University of Kansas. Um, before I started, as I told you, I was a walk-on. Uh, I met my girlfriend, you know, my wife right now, but um, I, uh, I ended up walking on, and from there, I ran out of money. Um, so literally, we was packing my bags to go home. I was sleeping on my teammate's couch at the time. And my teammate right now, his name is Chris Harris. He's like the best corner in the NFL. He plays for the Broncos. Um, the other corner on the other side, his name is Akib Tlaib. And he's the second best corner in the league. And he plays for the Broncos. And we all went to Kansas. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we were all like pretty close friends. Um, so I'm sleeping on his couch. And I'm like, Dad, I don't have any more money. I might have to come home. So I'm literally packing my bags as a sophomore. And once again, man, God intervened. They came to me out of nowhere and said, hey, we're going to offer you a scholarship today and you're going to be able to stay in school. And for me, at that point in my life, I was like, I know I'm supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Like, it's about to go down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I like. Like, this is crazy. Like, you can't, you can't even write this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. This is all God. You know, God's gonna get this glory somehow, some way. And He, and He's getting the glory. My story today is still even being written, and I'll get there. I'll get there. But it's crazy how when you feel, you know, God is on your life, and sometimes you may rebel, sometimes you may not necessarily want it, sometimes you may want to do things your own way. But God loves us so much that he is able to stick with us through our turmoil, through our lows, through our highs, through our mids, and everything. I know some, you know, I know there are parents out there, right? I have a little girl, her name's Kyrie. Um, she's only like one, one and a half. Um, but I named her, I kind of named her after, you know, Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, because I think she's going <laughs> to grow up and just be like some sort of baller, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and to tell you the truth, Uh, Just to paint a picture for you guys, I'm training in Miami right now, and, you know, I have a condo, and it kind of sits off, you know, on the beach, and I can see the water. And she walks out there, and she goes, whoa, wah-wah, wah-wah. And I'm just like, yeah, water, water, water. And the balcony, for some reason, I'm I'm a little scared of heights. So when she gets close to the edge, I'm like, all right, Kai, come on, come back inside, (laughs) you know, come back inside. And I go, man, if something were to happen to my little girl, I would be devastated. And I didn't really understand that until parenthood. And I was like, man, that's how my dad feels about me. Sometimes my dad will call me and he'll be like, man, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. I'm like, I'm fine. Like, what are you, I'm good, you know. But as a father, to see your little girl stand on an edge, and I know there's a barrier, but to see your little girl stand on the edge, when potentially something bad could happen, you get anxious. Your hands start sweating. You're like, no, I need my, come back closer to me. I need you. I love my baby girl so much that if something were to happen to her, I would lose it. So paint that picture. God, and I know you guys have heard this before, right? God gave his only son, right, to die on a cross for us. Now, I'm not a selfish person, and I know I don't know you guys, but if my little girl, like, I said, my sir right here sitting in the front, if something were to happen to him, I'll give my little girl for him. That's... That's insane type of love, you know and I, and i don't i don't know I don't know him sitting right there. God knows all of us, literally he knows all of us. He sent his son to die for us. now we are his children. We are filled in this earth as to be disciples and spread the gospel in whatever way we please. We all have different gifts in here, correct? You know we might have some teachers, some firefighters, I know we got a whole bunch of hockey players, I mean if we can all spread the gospel, do it like all his disciples did in different ways. It doesn't have to be bold. Sometimes it can be passive. You know, it can just be a friendly, hello, how how are you doing? I believe the best way to share who Jesus is and who Jesus Christ is, is just by living your life. People look at me and they say, whoa, he's a great football player and I'm just a regular person. I, I really am. And, and just the way I live, you know, I'm not selfish. I say I'm friendly. People think, you know, NFL athletes are just so boastful. And, and you know, yeah, they make a lot of money. They don't, they're not normal. They're living in this fantasy world. They, they think they're better than a lot of people. I don't think I'm better than anybody because I've been through a lot of crap, a lot of turmoil. But that made me who I am today, right? So I took a little sidetrack, but I'm going to get back on the story. Um, so, um, yes. When I was in college, ended up staying in college, and in those two years that I became a starter, um, I did pretty well for myself. Leader in all Big 12, 14th in the nation, did really well, you know, all those good accolades. And I'm not gonna bore you with all the football talk, um, but I ended up get, was going undrafted to the Denver Broncos. Um, played for the Denver Broncos for three years. Uh, lost a Super Bowl to the Seattle Seahawks. That still hurts, kinda. It was up in New York, so it was, uh, it was that was tough. Um, played for the Tennessee Titans for one year, and now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, going on to my sixth year in the NFL. Now last year was a, was a tough time for me because um, I know you guys don't necessarily know about the NFL, but in your second or third year in the NFL, things begin to get very funny. They get funny because it becomes a business. When you get older, people demand more from you. And if they don't see that you can do more, they get rid of you. Why do they get rid of you? Because they're not gonna pay you more money to do what you did as a first and second year player, right? So I have a lot of doubters. A lot of doubters, a lot of people who don't believe in me, don't believe I can be a starter, don't believe I can be a Pro Bowl player. Um, Of course, I I know I can, but there's a lot of people out there who don't believe I can. Um, Story of my life, right? Um, you know that girl who didn't believe I could be a good-looking dude. She messed up. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> um, you know I, that's the story of my life. So, so I'm used to it. Actually, um, I want to do this exercise with you guys. I had the ability to hang out with Lecrae. You guys know who Lecrae is, the the rapper, the Christian rapper. I had the opportunity to hang out with him for a little bit this weekend. He showed me something which I thought was pretty cool and I was like, I gotta steal that. All right, so this is a dollar, correct? This is a dollar. Um, how much is this dollar worth? How much is it worth? It's worth a dollar. <laughs> it wasn't a trick question, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't a trick question. So this dollar is worth a dollar. You know, whether I put it on this stand and I turn away from it, that dollar's still worth a dollar, correct? Um, If I look at this dollar, how about if I fold it a couple times, put it back on the stand, how much is it worth? A dollar, right? Okay, let's say I crumble it. I throw it over there. How much is it worth? Still worth a dollar, right? We, as God's uh, disciples, God's children, we have worth. We are... we have inheritance in his kingdom, correct? Now people crush us, people spit on us, people laugh at us, people don't believe in us, they throw us away, right? To the point to where we may not believe in ourselves, but how much are we still worth? You're still worth that dollar. Now that dollar right now is sitting there and all I got to do is go pick it back up. Open it back up. And I can still use this dollar. This dollar's still good. And for some reason that sat well with me because I've been broken, I've been torn. Um, this past season, I, I'm coming off of an ankle injury. Um, I, I actually broke my fibula. And I'm like, man, so my, and it's on my left side, so my whole left side has like been through some stuff. Um, But I'm still worth that dollar. And if I can continue to believe that I'm still worth this dollar, and I'm here for a reason. To tell you the truth, I'm sitting in front of you right now, and and I'm kind of at an awe at myself because I'm like, man, how did I get here? I'm just a little kid from, uh, you know, South Media, right outside of South Philly, who had a dream of being an NFL player. And being an NFL player has brought me all these opportunities, and I'm able to share my story about how I interact with God, and maybe that can help somebody else to interact with God. And I just didn't let anybody tell me that I couldn't do anything. It happens every day. I'm pretty sure, you know, you guys are a hockey team, and I'm pretty sure, you know, y'all get on each other or your coach, oh you can't do that. Duh, 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 duh. I'm pretty sure you guys have tough skin. Don't never let anybody tell you that you can't do anything. That is that is false. That is blasphemy, and 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 it's really rude. They don't live in your shoes. You can do anything you want. We are made to be able to do anything that we want. Positive, please make it positive. Please make a positive. Um, but we are made to do anything we want. And to tell you the truth, we're here for a reason. Um, at nighttime, when you look up, you see the stars, you see the moon, and the moon is so bright. The moon is so bright. We look at it, it's like, wow, like, that, that's amazing. Like I'm on earth, there's the moon. And would you believe me if I said the moon doesn't necessarily have any light? I mean I'm not a NASA, NASA expert I don't, I don't know too much, but I know that the noon doesn't, doesn't or the moon doesn't necessarily hold light. The only reason we can see it is because it reflects the light of the Sun. like wow. So maybe we're here on Earth to reflect the light of Christ. We don't have any light inside. we're just normal old people. we're just natural people, right? But because God makes us, loves us, he puts his super on our natural. And therefore, we can shine through to others. Like I, was, like I said earlier about um, sharing your life. You know, people don't necessarily might not know I'm a Christian, but because I share my life in a certain way, they say, there's something about you. I don't know what it is, but there's something about you that I can't really wrap my head around or, or hold or grab, but I wanna know what it is that makes you tick. And to tell you the truth, me and my teammates uh, before practice, we do this tick, tick, boom thing. And I kind of made it up. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> but we come in a huddle. I say tick, tick and they say boom, tick, tick, boom. And really, it's a linebacker thing. It's like, oh, I get amped up. But what makes you tick? I mean, is it your kids? Is it your family? Is it your job? What makes you tick? And for me, it, it was always it was always God. It was, all, it was always Jesus, even when I was a young boy, um, even when that girl skipped over me, even when I was in prep school laying in bed and I couldn't move my leg, even when I went to college and almost had to go home. I'm here for a reason. Well, what made you tick this whole time? Because you've had a lot of doubters and a lot of, a lot of trials and tribulations. What made you tick? Well, God did. And I don't know. He, he, he's real. He has to be real because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. I would not be talking to you today. And, and I appreciate you, you guys listening to me, but if I can leave you with anything today, um, it's going back to the point to never let anybody tell you that you can't do anything. Right now, my career, um, I'm coming off an injury, and I, I read a post about myself the other day, and I, I try to stay away from him, but I read this post, and this post said, Steven Johnson is weak. Stephen Johnson is not athletic. Uh, his hips are tight. He will not be able to compete on this level. Maybe he will be at most a good special teams player, a good core special teams player. And for me, that's like saying, Steven Johnson, work he can work at McDonald's, but he can only work the register. He can't work the fryer or he can't cook the burgers because he's not smart enough. And I'm like, well, what do you mean I can't do that? Like, I can do that, you know what I mean? And, and for me, it, I take that personal. So as I sit before you today, I'm a person who is working very hard, striving to number one, get back healthy, and this year to become a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers um, on defense. Now, when I say that, I hope you guys agree with me. All right. You know, that 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 makes me feel good, because when I get, you know, people who agree with me, I'm like, okay cool. I got some people behind me, you know, in training camp when it gets hot and I get tired. And I say, remember those people? I remember. they Let's go. You know what I mean? All that stuff. All that stuff matters. Um, But, yeah. So right now I am trying to be a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. um, And I want to be I want to be a Pro Bowl linebacker. And every time I do things like this, I tell people that I want to be a pro Bowl linebacker, just like I wanted to go play Division one football, just like I wanted to be make it to the NFL. Just I mean, all my dreams in my life, they have came true. They've been tough, but they have came true. And I've always stuck the course. I may have strayed a little bit, but I've always stuck the course. And I'm still sticking the course today. And my story is not yet over. It's not yet over. I shared a little bit with you guys about the testimony in my life today, but I believe that when this is all done, when it's all said and done, let's say eight to 10 years from now, okay, I go, <laughs> just my football career, just my football career, um, I'll be able to come back here and sit before you guys, have a Super Bowl ring, have a couple Pro Bowls under my belt, and I'll be like, you know what? I did it. and I didn't do it alone, God helped me. you know what I mean? Definitely, because without him, I would not be here today. Some people may say I may be another statistic, you know what I mean? But because I believed in God, because I trusted in Him, in the tough times of my life, when you know, I, I know what it feels like not to be able to walk. I know what it feels like not to have any friends. When your only friend is God. And I don't want to be cliche at all because it's, it's, it's really a relationship. And sometimes you actually hear from God. And I don't hear from God all the time, but you hear from God through people. You hear from God through music. Stuff would just come to you like, man, okay, I got to keep moving forward. And if you stick to the race, take one step at a time. I've had some very dark moments in my life where it was darkness. I could not see any light. And I just had to look down on my feet and I just had to take a step. Through tears, through anger, through fatigue, just take another step. And that step may be small. That step might not be big. It may be just to just just lean a little bit forward. And then you begin to see a little bit of light. And trust me, when that light shines through and you see that hope, just go after it. Go after it. This world is full of opportunities, full of opportunities. Man, like I'm getting ready to go to Haiti. Can you believe that? Like a little kid from outside of South Philadelphia getting ready to go to Haiti to give back. Like that's a dream. I, I, I couldn't even imagine that. I'm, I'm, I'm having aspirations of going to Israel. I'm gonna tell you guys a short story before I wrap up. So I was getting uh, dry. Anybody had dry needling, acupuncture, in here before? It's what athletes do, you know. We, we and I met this guy. And this guy's is from Israel. So he's talking to me. He's like, "Hey, Stephen, how you doing?" Da da da. I'm from Israel. I'm like, Israel? What's Israel? Like, oh my gosh. He's like, it's truly the Holy Land. And I said, Wow. Like, you can see the Jordan River and everything. He said, you can see it all. He said, to tell you the truth, I was rock climbing where Jesus carried his cross and got crucified. I said, oh, my God. Like, are you serious? Like, is that legal? Like, you can do that? He was like, yes, yes, it's very fun. And I was like, wow. And I was like, what is that like? He goes, to tell you the truth, there are Muslims in Israel. There are Christians in Israel. There are Jews. There are religions. And people believe in all different things. But there's one thing. When you go touch those rocks, there's a presence that hits you like you have never felt before. And people break down in tears. And he's literally telling me this. And I'm a grown man. I'm 20 years old. And I was looking at him in his eyes. And I just met him. And I began to, like, tear. Just because I I felt like I felt the presence of God in the room. Because I was like, wow, like, can you imagine touching the same rocks that Jesus held himself up on? before he went to the cross, before he died for your sins. Can you imagine the type of spirit that had come over you, what you would feel? Like my God, my savior, my, my everything. I give everything to you, everything within me, everything inside me, I give it all to you because I'm only a vessel for your life, a vessel for your glory. I'm down here on this earth for one purpose and that is to advance the kingdom, advance the kingdom. I know I've got some little kids in here who may not yet understand because i didn't understand when i was a little kid that that's not your fault at all but when you trust in god with that childlike faith small as a mustard seed you can conquer the world and believe me when i tell you i am living proof that you can conquer the world now it's not all the way conquered yet (laughs) I'm still processing. I'm still processing. But when you trust in God and believe in yourself and never forget that you're a dollar, everything is going to work out for the better. I thank you guys for having me come talk to you. Thank you. What <laughs> I appreciate it. That's right.
0: That's
1: actually pretty cool. I've never gotten a standing ovation before. So.
0: You will at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Thank you. Thank, thank you. you, thank you. Yes, sir. And I want to close just with a couple of real quick teachings just, just so we get really clear on what we're talking about here. I love this Bible passage. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy, let's say it all together, and that your joy may be full. I love that idea. Like it's not just partial joy or sort of half joy. It's full joy. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, than that they lay down their life for their friend. And that was one of the beautiful parts that Steve was talking about. You know, that idea, like, like our job is to live it. Our job is to live it. Uh, Many of you have heard this quote. I just love it so much. We have a lot of first-time people, so I'm going to use it again. You know, St. Francis said, you know, preach the word every day, and if need be, use words. You know, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Because that's what it's talking about. Like actually living and actually being the light as best we can. And he talked about there's so many paths out there. And from New Church, this idea. Faith can never be divorced from caring. Caring for others actually gives rise to faith. That that as long as we go out there with that open heart, you know, as long as we go out there doing the best we can to care, trust, trust, you are doing God's work. And you are a wonderful congregation. Thank you for being here today. Please join me in prayer. I'm going to say a prayer, and then you'll have an opportunity to just hear some music. And then on the last song, it's an up number. You are welcome to stand up and sing with the last song if you'd like to. And then again, you're more than welcome to, to see and meet Steve and get a picture and an autograph right after church. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today, and thank you for Stephen's words. Remind us, Lord, that your word begins with this, original blessing, original goodness, or an original integrity inside our souls, inside our hearts. Lord, let us live into that place, from that place, through that place. Thank you for your presence here today, Lord, and let us go out and in the very best ways we can, blessed ways and broken ways, to share your message of love, peace into the world. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.